We have no quack quacks. We have no honk honks and vroom vrooms this week. Welcome on into Outdoor Adventures. A chilly evening here. Not too far away from ice fishing. Hunting season underway. Let's bring in our good friend Chris Kudak, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer. I can almost uh, smell it already. That's the. Can smell the sandwich I left in my ice castle last year, and it's going to be busted out here shortly. Well, I'll tell you what, she is uh, a little chilly up here today. It was windy this morning. We got some rain off and on. Uh, as as you know, that the DNR has closed the walleye fishing on Mille Lacs as of yesterday, so we can't fish walleyes. But the guys, a lot of bass guys are on the lake this morning. We were up there, and there's lots of bass boats running around, some musky guys out, and. Uh, yeah, you know, the bite's still on. They still got a few bass tournaments going to be coming up on the lake. And, you know, small lakes around the area, they're doing pretty good on the panfish and walleyes. It's, it's that time. It's a fall fishing time of year. So, you know, I had some guys that were up fishing on some lakes up north for sunnies and crappies. And they did pretty good. So, I mean, it, it's in the squirrel season's here, rabbit season's here, uh, bear season's, they're, they're hunting bear. I think turkeys are opening up pretty quick or they're already opened up and, we see a lot of turkeys on our drive this morning. So, you know, the trees trees are, are starting to turn. I mean, it's fall time. It is fall time. Yeah, it's amazing. The trees, I noticed just a couple of weeks ago already, just a hint of it kind of coming on. But then coming into work this morning, I was paying a little bit more attention going around the lake. And I tell you what, there are definitely a few uh, lines of color in the tree lines out there. So, uh, I don't know. I think it might be an early winter this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of thinking, uh, you know, I'd like to see we get a, you know, not a lot of snow, but some cold weather and, uh, you know, so we can get out on ice early and, and have some fun, you know, with the equipment that, you know, all the companies got out and all clam and all them got the, the good suits, the good houses, the hub houses, the flip over houses. And you got, you know, you got boots. I mean, cold weather don't bother you anymore you put a mr heater buddy heater in there and you're you know you're good to go you're comfortable well you know high high rollers like yourself you can you can afford to get all that stuff now folks like me that actually have to go and and spend some of my hard-earned money it isn't so easy for guys like me kudak well you just have the secretary she's you know she got some coffee cans hid down south (laughs) down here so when you guys tie the knot there she can you know, have oh, her buy you on, go. On, your, on your wedding night to have her buy you a wheelhouse and a flip over, and then you're good to go. Well, I tell you what, I would like maybe uh, as a gift if you if you can swing it there, buddy. Did you see that 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 semi pontoon on our Facebook page? I want one of those. Just go out there, blow some smoke through the old exhaust pipes, and 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 uh, man the air horn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I seen that here a while back. I seen it a few times, and I seen you posted it there the other day. Wouldn't that be fun with a couple of 300 horses on the back of that going across the lake? <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, especially if you could get the effect of, you know, like the old semis where you had the black coal smoke coming right out of the pipes. That would be really cool for sure. No, I think it'd be fun just to go out to the mud flats and start trolling around in that thing. Could you imagine the looks that you get when you people see that coming across? The oh, line? that would be that would be a blast for sure. But yeah, you mentioned the fall season is upon us, and youth waterfall hunt that's going on this weekend started up today. And I noticed my cousin's kid he had, he had a couple of uh, ducks here this morning, so he had a good hunt, and hopefully there are a lot of kids out there 
taking advantage of that. And, you know, it's a good time to take your kid out. If you maybe haven't been out a while, you can, you can go out and take your kid and you don't have to buy a license as an adult. You're just kind of, kind of the chaperone out there for the kids. So it's age, uh, 17 and under. Of course, uh, if you're 16 and 17, you have to have the duck stamp, but, uh, the adult that is accompanying the kids don't have to have a license at this time, but I'm guessing most of the people that are doing this probably already have a license or a plan on getting one. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, we took a little ride around the country this morning. We had to do some running around, and uh, I see lots of geese sitting in the fields. A lot of guys out there with some big, nice trailers with good, you know, big goose spreads out. And you know, I got a kick like you drive by one field and there's no geese, and you go about a mile down the road, there's about fifty geese. So the guys are. Either either they shot them and scared them, they landed somewhere else, or they 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 missed the field. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be a good season on Minnetonka this year for ducks. They're, I mean, they just come right up to you. It's going to be easy. I can't wait. Well, well, when you throw fifty pounds of grain out on the shoreline at the boat dock there, <laughs> and then you know you got them tame, you got them all yeah. tamed. You just put them in the garage and shut the door and go get them. Yeah, I'm going to put that. Well, they say they won't cross the. Uh, like if you take like a lot of people have problems with them, you know, doing their business on their on their yards on their lake homes lots. So they say to just put like a string or like a um, either a string or a rope or a lot of people use that weed whip stuff. You know, the line, the plastic line. I'm thinking, you know, if I just surround the marina there with that line, they'll never cross that. They'll just come up to that line because they're so tame, and then they'll be there. They'll they'll be. Uh, Pretty cheap dinner, pretty easy dinner for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we at Breck, when I was working at Breck years ago, we had them artificial fields, and we had some fields down by the Highway 100 there. And we had a guy come out, and he used green fishing line. They put it in the X or star or whatever to keep the geese out of there, and this and that. And, and we, had a, we had a dog. One of the guys that worked there brought his, brought his dog a chocolate lab with it. Every time you got in the truck to go do something, you threw the chocolate lab in because the geese, if they landed in the fields, you know, they, they the, the dog would go get rid of them. I mean, he would yep. take off like a shot. But a green, it's a green line. It's a green monofilament line. What they use it, I don't fifty pound test or whatever it was. But yep. yeah, they won't land in there. But we had them artificial fields put in up on the football field, and them geese would come down and land in that, and they couldn't figure that stuff out to save their soul. They were trying to pick at it. And do it. <laughs> after after a while, they got smart. They never came back. Yeah, well, speaking of waterfowl, the kind of sad news: the Minnesota Waterfowl Association. That's going to be. Be shutting the doors here at the end of the month, they say, due to aging and declining user base in waterfowl hunting and conservation, a trend which has continued. Declining duck populations, duck stamp sales, access, and declining membership are all indicators which contributed to the decision, their chairman said. So this has been going on for 50, 60 years, this group. So uh, kind of another conservation group and uh, voice for the hunters, I guess, is going by the wayside. And it's kind of sad because we hear in other areas, you know, um, whether it's trap shooting in schools or now we got these high school fishing leagues and youth fishing leagues, those things are going off like crazy, it seems. But uh, duck hunting seems to be one of those where just just not enough people are still doing it. Well, yeah, you know, I think our governor, you know, he's given all this all this twenty five million to this group and twenty five million. I I would think that he could take some of that money that he's pissing away and throwing it away and give it to these guys so they can. It should be a state funded deal, and they should be taking care of these people. But Governor Turnwell. 
Yeah, who knows where he's going. Well, I don't know if it should be public or funded. I, I'll definitely disagree with you on that. But, yeah, it's just kind of a sign of the times. People aren't, uh, and I'll be the first to admit it, I haven't duck hunted in years. I've always said I, I kind of want to get back into it. But it, but it is uh, a lot of stuff to uh, go through after you haven't been doing it a while. So I just haven't, uh, I guess, guess, gotten back into it yet. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, I see that Colonel Rodman from our, our DNR there, he got a bunch of new new DNR officers I've seen here. We, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, old Colonel, he's got a handful more to take care of. So congratulations to all these young ones that are coming out and working in our DNR because they, they got a good boss with Colonel Rodman. He's a very, very, very good gentleman. Definitely is, and he knows his stuff. And I, I think we're going to have, next time we run into him, we're going to have to ask him for a for a chopper ride too that's one hell of a chopper they got there yeah yeah but i you know he he probably you know we've, we've been hanging around with him too much i think he knows us too he ain't taking us in no chopper no he, that would probably be a very 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 bad idea to bring us two up in the chopper but uh we got to get to who's on the show our good friend tim sonnenstall from Wyzetta Bates happening he is going to be coming on here in a bit kuduk now of course, he does a great job at letting the listeners know, you know, when and where and how to catch the fish. It, it never works for me because I'm just that bad of a fisherman, but should have some good information for us here coming up. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've been in Wise of the Bait for many, many years. They've been his brother and sister and dad and the whole family. I mean, that's a family deal there. And they've been around the, around the area and they got, uh, they got to know what's going on in the lake and it's good. They're good people to talk to. They got a, a good little tackle store, bait store over there. And like I said, I've known them guys for, for many, many years. Uh, really good people. And, you know, people get over towards Minnetonka going fishing. They stop at Ways in a Bait. They're going to give you the skinny on what you need to know. Definitely. So we'll chat with them. Tim Sonnenstall of Wyzetta Bait and Tackle coming up next here. We'll chat uh, Minnetonka, the area metro lakes, and see what's happening and what we can look forward to here coming up in the fall fishing season in the metro area. When we return here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app, you're listening to Outdoor Adventures. Adventures rolls on. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Well, Kudak, we got a good friend, Tim Sonnenstall from Wyzetta Bay. We're going to bring him on right now and welcome him in. How have we been, Tim? Oh, doing good, guys. Doing good. You, you, you got the old bait store just fired up for the fall fishing. Lots of red tails and some leeches and all that good stuff for the boys over at Minnetonka. Oh, yeah, we've got leeches and no red tails, but we got that uh, walleye mix. It's got a few red tails in there, chubs, shiners, rainbows, all that's kind of mixed in that mix. They've been using that pretty good. But, yeah, we've got a few leeches left, but they're kind of coming to an end, too. So, Is the, is the musky bite going over there yet? The musky bite has started up this week, yeah. A lot of guys are out on the in, in, you know independent points in uh, humps on the main lake. Uh, throwing blades for the muskie. So, yeah, they just started up this week with the water temperatures uh, dropping down into that uh, 67, 69 degrees. So, yeah, the muskies have started. 
And it's that time of the year, too, where kind of the, I guess, if you want to call them the tourists of the area, the people that like to be out there in 90 degrees and, and drink beer all day and play volleyball in the water and, and do other things in the water. It's kind of nice being out there kind of all by yourself, uh, just just kicking back, catching some sun and some nice, cool weather. And if you're a better fisherman than me, a lot of people I hear are catching a few. Uh, what, what's been hot lately? Sure. So the guys have been chasing uh, walleyes out here. That's my uh, top guide, uh, Rory Nelson from ENS Guide Service. He was in uh, loading up on some of that river mix here, and, and uh, they were finding them deep, uh, 29 to 32 feet on the main lake points, wherever you had uh, wind blowing in on them. Uh, the bass are on the deep weed lines also. I've been selling a lot of uh, uh, bass jigs, black and blues, and they called it the go-to on there. Uh, the muskies, like I was telling Kudak there, up on top of the flats with um, – Dark-colored uh, spinners, you know, mostly blade baits are thrown for them. Uh, Low-light hours, so either later in the evening or early morning or, like, overcast we got, like, today would be a good day to be on those uh, mid-lake humps. So, and the northerns on the deeper points, uh, guys running spinner baits with, a, like, a small sucker minnow hooked on the back of that. And if you want to do some trolling with some rapalas, you can get out there. The bass guys are also throwing some of them PP. Uh, 16s working on the outside edge for the bass too out there, so it's been good. Yeah, well, another question that you led me into there, you said about the low-light periods, and I know, like, we've talked guys up at Lake of the Woods, and it's the weirdest thing in the world is, you know, you're fishing out during the middle of the day, and then at night you, you can't seem to catch anything, but, of course, most of the other lakes are the opposite, but one thing in particular I've seemed to have noticed this from the outside looking in is, the the overnight the real late just pitch dark kind of nights too are are seem to be really productive out there. Correct, yeah, and even now the channels will start picking up too. With like you were talking earlier, all the jet skis and everything gone off the lake, it'll be just fishermen from here on out, and they'll start running uh, shad wraps through the channels. It hasn't started yet, but within the next week or so, I can see them doing that. We got the full moon coming in on uh, Friday the thirteenth there, so that'll get the fish fired up and going good. How about the geese hunt? Anybody in the south down there in that area shooting any geese around there? Sure. You know, I live up in St. Michael, and there's some banging around there just about every morning. You know, I've got Pelican Lake to the west of me there, and they did pretty good around opener. But, you know, as soon as they started shooting, I saw all the geese fly right back into town there, land inside the uh, school parking lot. So <laughs> they, they know where to go when they get shot at. But they're still popping a few, and then I... We're seeing some stuff on the Facebook today with, with uh, young kids for the youth uh, duck hunt, uh, mostly wood ducks that I saw, and there's some, some friends of mine that had their kids out. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Good to see that. That Pelican Lake, did they ever drain that, or is it still, you know, they still got some panfish in there? No, they drained, they drained her down three feet, and they put a brand-new public access in on the bottom side of it so they can access it. But we're primarily habitating it for the uh, for the ducks, you know, you know that's a big duck uh, waterfall p- project area, and you know they drained her down, and you know there were still a few fish in there this last winter. They got some northerns in there. They're not going to probably, you know, kill all of them out of there, but you know they're they're trying to habitat it for the ducks. So, because yeah. that that was a pretty good area. I knew guys that that did a lot of. Well, we used to duck hunt there when we were kids. When I lived out in the city, we shot a lot of ducks and geese over there, but we never we never fished it. We always we were, we were just. Goose hunting and duck hunting there. Sure. Yep. Well, it, it had quite a few fatheads in there. That was one of our biggest uh, fathead producing ponds in the area. And uh, but then, you know, they they local people put fish in there, and that kind of took care of that. But that's why them fish grew so well is because it had 
you know, thousands of gallons of fatheads in it, which, you know, that pretty much took care of that. So, but that's why them fish grew, is they had all the, had all the food and resource in order to, to, to survive in there, and they did, so. And I see, I see at Minnetonka, they had a, a big old wood boat show. Was it this weekend? Yeah, that's this weekend out at Lord Fletcher's. They had quite a few nice uh, boats. In fact, I sent a picture to my wife, told her to go over and check it out. There were some pretty nice-looking uh, wood boats out there. Yep. I figure I figure you have a couple, three of those already by now, Tim. No, no, no. <laughs> I like looking at them, but I can't afford them. That's yeah, they're... Well, plus not only that, but the the time to take care of them. But they're definitely cool. Now, um, going back to uh, Minnetonka. Now, one thing I've I've noticed, and I just you know, one, I don't have very good luck. Two, I'm not a very good fisherman. And three, I don't have enough time to do it. You know, I don't just sit around the house all day like Kuduk and then get bored and go fishing all day. But uh, what what are some of the things? Because it is a big lake and it, it is somewhat kind of intimidating, especially at first. You know, kind of where to go, what to look for, and everything's a little bit different. You got different water qualities on sure. this end of the lake. I mean, what can, advice yeah. can you give there? So what we like to tell guys, you know, if you want to fish, can fish. Concentrate on the smaller bays in the west, like Black Lake, Seton, Maxwell, North Arm, Crystal. All those bays are loaded with panfish. If you want to try, you know, walleyes, northerns, and muskies, then the main lake. And there's so many big points out on Browns and Smiths and Wyzetta Bay that fish for the muskies where you've got some deep water um, adjacent to those points, and that's what you're really looking for for the for the big fish. But, you know, it's 14,552 acres. It's a lot of water to, to fish, so to break it down, the western, far west bays are going to be real muddy. West Arm, Jennings, Halsteads, and then when you get up into the middle of the lake, Crystal, North Arm, uh, Seton, those lakes and bays are all kind of murky. Starting to get clear when you get into Crystal, Browns, and coming more towards the west or east towards me, Wyzetta, they're gin clear. So you've got weed lines that are growing out to 28, 29 feet of water in the main lake, where the western bays, your weed lines usually end between I'd say 12 to 15 feet, you know, which less thicker weeds out there than there is on this end of the lake. Now, is that something that's changed? And I don't know, maybe I've asked you this in the past, but they say the zebra mussels kind of kind of filter the water a little bit. And I, I swear to goodness, I mean, I've only been up here about 10 years, but I swear the weed line, and I'm over in Browns quite a bit with, with sure. the job I do over there, I swear the weed line's gotten at least five feet deeper than it was when I started they working have, there. They, yeah, they've gone deeper, and, and also because of the zebra mussels, that water clarity is allowing your weed lines to grow deeper. And what we're finding out on the outside edge is that the weeds are not milfoil out there, but coontail and some cabbage weeds. So we're actually getting some of our native weeds back in there where it was dominant um, milfoil. Well, that's a good thing because that's good. Uh, the good fishing weed that you know holds good oxygen. And this time of year, you know, oxygen is your key. You, you want to find the good green weeds, the weeds in the shallows will start to die off, giving off carbon dioxide and pushing those fish out. And we're already seeing some of the sunfish and crappies move out to them outside edges, which is telling me some of that inside is probably starting to die off a little bit. That's why them fish aren't there. But, yeah, you're going to kind of pick it apart, you know, bay by bay, because it's a very unique lake in that it has that much different uh, water qualities to it. And what's what's the weed... You know, you guys got the zebra mussels down there just like we got up here, I'm sure. How, how, how is that affecting that lake? Well, it's just like like I was telling Stan there, there, there it allows that that water to be more clear in the, in the weeds and the light penetration is, is growing deeper. So 
it's cleared up the water quite a bit, but it makes it tougher for fish and walleyes because it's gym clear. You can see in the springtime, you can see in 20 feet of water. It's crazy. So, but that makes it a little bit tougher to fish. So back to the low light, uh, you know, late evening, early morning hours, you know, that type of deal. That's what most of the guys are fishing. So just got to adapt to the, to the change. You got a couple minutes. You can hang with us here through the break. No, not, not a problem. All right, perfect. Tim Sonnenstahl is our guest from Wyzetta Bait and Tackle, just off of uh, 394 and 494 there in uh, Wyzetta. And we'll have more with him after the break. Also, more news of the outdoors. May even get Kudak going here before the uh, day ends. So we'll do that when Outdoor Adventures returns right after your Fox News update here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. second half of Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and the free iHeartRadio app. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. We have the Peterbilt pontoon on there, uh, fishing reports, pictures of our friends, family, uh, the boat parade out there on Lake Minnetonka that was happening today, and many other things to check out on our Facebook to search Outdoor Adventures. And we're chatting right now with Wyzetta Bait and Tackle and Tim Sonnenstall, guy that runs the show out there in Wyzetta. And... We chatted a little bit here on the Minnetonka, Tim, here in the first segment. Uh, also, what have you been hearing on the uh, other lakes in the area? Sure. So we've heard some pretty good reports on uh, Lake Independence and Lake uh, Medicine Lake just north of us here. A lot of guys fishing bass up there. There's been a couple of bass tournaments up there, I think smaller club type stuff. But I have guys going out to Independence uh, down by the island uh, fishing uh, walleyes there and starting to throw some uh, blade baits for the muskies on uh, independence too so a lot of these smaller lakes you know just find the deep deeper green weed lines you know again same type of deal as conquer with the wind blowing into them and you'll find that bait fish all kind of spooled up in those areas so it's a little more concentrated and you know once you find those spots you can pluck them off there pretty easy so and i suppose you're 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 kind of gearing up for all the all the i suppose we got some shows coming up so you can go order all your winter stuff now Sure. So our, our first show is on Monday up in St. Cloud. I'll be up there for that and looking at all the new uh, 20, 2020 stuff and ice fishing gear that's uh, coming out for us dealers to be carrying. So, yeah, we get our firsthand uh, look at that and talk to the different reps and find out what's new and what the trends are going. So, yeah, that's always fun. I get to see a lot of people that I've met over the 45 years of being in business here. So it's fun to reminisce with a lot of the old dealers, you know. Yeah, I suppose we'll see you there, I would imagine. Are you coming down? Uh, coming over? Yeah, I'll be. It's yeah. only 20 minutes from my house. Yeah, that's the closest one for you. That should be an easy one. But yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I got a room Monday night. If you don't have a room, you can come and stay with me. I got a room up there. Oh, you're yeah, asking, you're asking we'll for we'll trouble. Be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we'll know where he's at. We won't have to worry about him not showing up. <laughs> yeah, well, he, who knows? He might be bringing a friend, too. He might need to uh, uh, yeah, party for two, you know? Him. Yeah, I know. Not partying for two. Just me and him. That's yeah. It, you know? <laughs> <laughs> is is there anything else they can even come up for ice fishing at this point? It just seems like I mean they got the float suits now. They got you know pretty much something I'll drill a hole for you and catch the fish for you. And sure, I mean, what else can they come up with? 
Well, down at the sport, uh, at the uh, state fair, I saw some new stuff for clam. They come out with an electric auger, so they're jumping in the market with that. And then also they had some new spoons and different plastics. So it's always there's always something new every year. And then the stuff for the summertime, of course, too. So it's kind of all crammed together there in, in one show. But yeah, there's always new stuff from these different vendors, and you got to go check it out and see what the new trends are. Yeah, you know, every year you got the tackle companies. You know they're they're coming out with the new you know ice crank baits, or they're coming out with uh, new bobbers, or or sure. you know yeah. tungsten this or tungsten that. I mean, yep. it's fun to see what what these guys can come up with. The plastics, I mean, plastics. There's no end to that anymore. Everybody's oh, got yeah. plastic. Yeah, the plastics. Everybody seems to be getting in the plastics market, and it was really good last year. We sold quite a few of the plastics, and they're fun to fish with. You know, they're you'll catch more fish without having to rebait your hook. But yeah, the new tungstens and some of the different styles and uh, different color paint schemes that they come up with. They're always good to see. And some new spinners, you know, that go on the back of the rappelers. I saw some of the videos for them, and they look pretty cool on the jigging wraps where you jig the jigging wrap, and it has a little blade on the bottom spinner instead of having just a plain treble on there. So that thing looked pretty cool. But, yeah, we'll look at all that stuff when we get up there and dissect it all. And I was just curious, as a as a bait shop owner, Tim, how are you seeing that market affect your sales of, of live bait, because I know I've just kind of started using the fake stuff, and kind of like you said, it's easier, and I know on the hot summer days, you don't have the right uh, aerator and, and keep things cool. They sure. can they can go belly up pretty quick. So, But oh, what's absolutely. your experience as far as what you're selling and what you're not selling? So, we're you know, we sell a lot of the gulp stuff like that in the springtime, but, you know, this time of year, it's hard to beat a live minnow when that thing's actually swimming and doing all the work. If you want to do the casting and, and do the presentation and make it look like it's alive, then you're doing all the work. So it, it all kind of comes down to the fish's attitude, but you're never going to out, outproduce live bait uh, overall throughout the whole year. So I mean, like my walleye guy is now out in 30 feet of water with a nice big chub on there. They're whacking big fish on there. You could put a chicken wrap on there and maybe catch a few, but if they're not really active, they'll eat that chub before they'll eat that chicken wrap. So, you know, you, you always got to have a compliment to it, I guess, and... We've had, uh, you know, pretty tough times getting bait this year. So, you know, we sold a lot of a lot of artificial stuff that was kind of filling in for the void on that. But, you know, you're not going to get your old timers that are, you know, tried and blue that are going to just fish the crappie minnow and that's what he wants to use. So, you know, I guess it's you know kind of back and forth. But I always like complimenting some of the new jigs or whatever with a live bait on there. You know, one two punch, especially ice fishing. You know, if they are biting just a plain plastic, or well, maybe a plastic with a little maggot on there, or plastic with a little uh, Ural RV or a uh, wax worm on there, rather. So it's, you got to complement that stuff. You know, Dave Gentz will tell you that. He's not just solid using plastics. He always puts a bunch of maggots on his. So when you get pros like that, they're at the top of the ice fishing world. You know, you got to kind of watch and see what they do and kind of follow along. Well, you know. I've, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an old schooler, you know, and I've, I've tried everything and, you know, you, sure. you cannot, you know, plastics are good. I mean, I, I, I use a lot of plastics. I do catch fish, but there's days that them fish won't touch a plastic. You have to gob the wax worms or the ear larvae right. or the minnow head or, I mean, there's days that uh, you can't beat live bait. I mean, that's just how it is. Exactly. And that's a compliment to it. So you, you, you bring both and see what works and whatever works for you is what you go with, you know, and, not everybody wants to use plastics, and not everybody wants to use live bait. But you know, it's there to use, and you're kind of a fool if you don't bring some along to at least try it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta take 
take a little bit of oats. I mean, when we go do the tulip tree fishing on Mille Lacs or at the end of the season, and, you know, we use some plastics, and a lot of times they won't touch the plastics, but if you put the, put the gob of the, the Uralarby on or the maggots on, they're going to eat it. Yep. That's right. Yep. And it's all in the attitude of the fish. So why not go out there, you know, armed with everything and, and try everything until you find out what the fish want. That's the problem. A lot of these guys, they got buy something new and they want to just force the fish to eat that. Well, if they don't want to eat that, you better change up or you're not going to be uh, catching any fish. Well, that's why a lot of people have the big houses too. They can just sit there. I know I was on a trip with some guys here this last year and, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm the most uh, proactive fisherman when it comes to changing up my jigs and, and minnows and stuff like that. But, you know, usually if it isn't working, I'll switch some stuff up. But, I mean, these guys just the whole weekend, it was just put a minnow on and let her sit and we'll see what happens type of thing. Yeah. So. yeah, that's up, you know, that's up to the person that's fishing, you know. But we've got guys that, you know, go catch crappies and they'll use a, a yellow jig and they'll be catching them and all of a sudden they'll slow down so they'll switch over to a, purple jig or a blue jig and also start catching a few more so but if you don't do that switching you never know if you're going to catch any more out of that school so it's all relative you bet sounds great tim we always appreciate your time what's the best way if people find you uh if they're coming down the road to minnetonka or up to medicine lake or wherever sure we're a half mile west of 494 and the north side of 394 you know right next to the big bmw dealership and uh you know, we're open from 5 in the morning till 8 p.m. in the evenings. We might switch her back to a, a 6 to 7 in the fall here as it starts slowing down a little bit. But we're here seven days a week, so you can give us a call down here at the bait shop, and we'll give them the report. Always no, great information. We appreciate it, Tim. Thanks. You bet. Thanks, Thanks guys. I'll see you at the show, Kudak. Sorry, we'll talk to you over there. You bet. You yeah. bet, bye. That's Tim Sonnenstall from Wyzetta Bait and Tackle. Check him out at the corner of 394 and 494 there in Wyzetta. A couple minutes to kill here, uh, Kudak. I think we got our buddy Al on the phone, and I, I think he misunderstood us. He thought you were bragging about the DNR, and we we're talking about Colonel Rodman Smith. But um, I, he wanted. I think he had a question for you here. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, well, just talking about your last segment. This is the first year. I'm 62 years old, and. Uh, First year I've been using uh, tube jigs for crappie fishing, and we catch more fish than uh, do with minnows. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, there, there's, there's, I mean, you, you got to get. And we've had, we've had the guys from Berkeley on. We've had Cody Roswick on, and, and I've been, I've been dabbling with plastics for for many, many years. I mean, and I'm a live bait guy. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to anybody. I've always like been a live bait. Guy. I like my leeches. I like my nightcrawlers. But I'll tell you what. The more and more I use these plastics that they come out with the scent in them and this and that, I go over to some of these small lakes north of Mille Lacs and over to the south end of Mille Lacs there, and I got some plastics that I get from this gentleman from over in uh, Wisconsin. And I'll tell you what, I outfished these guys last year, and they just kind of said, where would you get them plastics? I said, well, a buddy of mine, and I gave them their name, and I'll tell you what, some of these plastics, they really, they, I mean, they're making a believer out of me more and more as I use them. Well, I've never used them uh, much in the past, but uh, I kind of got hooked on them this year. But anyhow, I, I, I wanted to mention, I, I, I like talking about Mille Lacs Lake and the DNR and this new director or comrade or whoever she is. Is she going to do anything to fix Mille Lacs? I mean, no. I, I always dreamed of re- retiring on Mille Lacs and go fishing now and then. and But now it's kind of out of the, out of the picture. And we got the full moon. Me and my friends used to just wait for the full moon on Mille Lacs. And we can't do that this year. 
I am no. so disgusted with it. It just makes me sick. Well, she's been in the office all along already. Have you really heard anything she's done? Has she has any articles? I mean, I haven't heard anything about her. She's been around the DNR for a while. You know, she was kind of behind the scenes when the other DNR people were there that all, all got booted or retired. Uh, I don't think, you know, you're going to see much from this regime for four years from this DNR help us anyway on Malak Slate. They're not, they're not going to, no, we're, we're not going to get any help. If, if anything, they're going to throw us under the bus. Yeah. And I think one thing, I think one thing too, Al, to look at, and this is just, from my experience, talking to a lot of, and Kudak as well, who's been with me, we do the deer hunting opener and the fishing opener every year, so we get to meet a lot of the, you know, whether it's the the deer guy or the hunting guy or the waterfowl guy or the pheasant guy um, in charge or the regional directors, and, and a lot of them, and I think it's kind of like any government entity, they're always trying to catch on to that next big thing, but they're always kind of five or ten years behind what normal people are. And one thing I always hear them talking about is, oh, we got to get more kids involved. And, and like at these last couple of uh, uh, walleye and, and, and uh, deer openers that we went to, they kept pushing, oh, only in MN, hashtag this and crossfeed that and hashtag and tag and all this social media type stuff. To get more people involved, and and yes, I think that is an important part. But just like anything else, uh, I think the tried and true methods of you know taking that person out in the woods or or taking them out to the to the range or to the to the trap league to shoot a few uh, pigeons, so to speak, um, is better than you know. Hey, look at my duck! I'm having fun out here. Check me out on Facebook or Instagram. I don't think that's the answer, but it seems like they're putting more and more effort into that aspect. And in my opinion, if they put too much, too many eggs in that basket, they're going to lose the eggs in the rest of the basket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, this, this governor we got, lieutenant governor, and our, our people in the DNR, if you're a sportsman in Minnesota, and I said this last week, you're a sportsman, you hunt, you fish, you, you do whatever, snowmobile, four-wheeler, you know, you got to start calling representatives. And when well, this governor is jacking all our fees up because they're, you know, people, people can only pay so much money out of their checks every month. And, you know, this guy's going to, he's going to, he's, he's going to have this state in a turmoil, like I said before he even got in the office. I says, it's not going to be good. I agree 100%. We need to change. Well, we yeah. have to keep up the fight, Al, and keep us up to date. So do you live up in the Mille Lacs area then, or where are you from? I'm in Zimmerman right now, but I used to live in Mille Lacs. But no, I grew up on Mille Lacs. Yeah, and, and it comes down to something, too, I guess, me from the outside looking in. Now I know you guys kind of grew up there and stuff, and, I mean, I have relatives, too, that used to fish there back in the 70s and 80s, and, and they always say how great it is. But at the same time, a lot of things change, and I know they just had a meeting up there. In fact, Kudak, I think it was uh, Dean Hansen up there at Agate Bay was hosting it, something about yeah. the bass fishing and stuff. And, and as as much of a walleye lover as we all are, I mean, if there's a lot of bass to catch in there and you're allowed, you know, go have some fun and catch some bass. I don't particularly like bass fishing either. But since I'm close to Lake Minnetonka, and it's a heck of a lot, at least for me anyway, 
I find it a lot easier to catch the bass than the walleyes on that particular lake. And I've had a lot of fun catching bass. And once in a while, I'll snag a northern, too, and not expect it. So, um, you know, I guess uh, times change over over decades upon decades. And and unfortunately, I think uh, with with everything that's happened legally and and also between, you know, the locals and the old-timers up there, uh, I don't see things changing, unfortunately, uh, for the better for those folks. No, no. I mean, they, they, they close the walleye season now, so all the bass guys are out there. And these bass guys you run into out there, you know, they're catching just as many walleyes than they are bass, and they're bass fishing. So, I mean, we had launch out with 20-some people, 27 people here a week ago, and we caught – you know, using crawlers and leeches and little jig heads, we cut. We pulled up on a rock pile. We knew there was bass were there, and I think we caught six or seven, eight walleyes and, and fifty bass. And they were we had some dandies in there. There were some big bass. So I mean, you know, and a lot of these people, you know, they, I got some guys from Oklahoma coming up here this week. They're coming up for a week to go bass fishing. And, you know, they don't they don't keep them, but there's a lot of guys that come out of state that are keeping them. Yeah. Well, I'll have to keep up the fight, Al, and uh, I guess uh, sit, wait, and see what happens. But yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, they're going to be doing too much with this administration personally to, I guess, change the way you think the situation is is going to be handled. I think it's going to be so a lot of the same that we've been seeing here over the uh, last few years. We have got one more segment to go here, Kudak. We'll wrap things up. When we return here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. She's always a lady, just like a lady But when they turn out the lights, she's still a baby to me. Cause when we get behind those doors, then she lets her hair hang down. And she makes me glad that I'm a man. Oh, no one knows what goes on behind those doors. Adventures final segment here. It is going to be a quick one here. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and uh, subscribe and follow us on the free iHeartRadio app. You can download and listen to episodes anytime on the free iHeartRadio app. So maybe you're listening to this a couple weeks down the road or maybe you're listening to it on vacation. That's the great thing about the iHeartRadio app. You can catch up and listen anytime to any of the great shows here on Twin Cities News Talk or any of the other stations in the market here as well. And Kudak, another thing that I'll probably, uh, you don't care too much as far as the company, but it's something we've uh, talked about. But Walmart sounds like they're getting out of the ammunition selling business. So, so good for them, right? I didn't really want to support them anyway. Well, you know, I was over there at St. Cloud the other day at the Walmart. And, uh, you know what? I, I used to like going there and you'd get the few odds and ends. And I'll tell you what. I think I'm done going to Walmart. I stood in line for, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to, to get checked out. And it was, it was, it's, it's getting worse and worse and worse. They got these automatic checkouts when I don't go through because, you know, it's taking people from working there. And 
you know, it was a super Walmart, and I do I do go over there once in a while and get some get some odds and ends, and uh, I'll never go back again. I'm all done going to Walmart. I'll I'll go I'll go to some other store or go someplace else, but Walmart has has really lost my business over there. Well, it's a good thing though, you know, maybe for the smaller shops, you know, they're going to be selling more ammunition and and hopefully more weapons i guess as, as well because a lot of these big box stores think that oh this is what america wants is 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 all, all the only people to have guns are the military and our cops well uh, that's not going to work out too well for america if that's the way it's it's going so we got to kind of stand up but i mean it's good for for those smaller i guess mom and pop shops i would think you know because they're not going to back down because they are you know, uh, uh, free citizens, and 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 they believe in the Constitution, and and they don't they don't particularly care so much, and and they like to uh, offer everything what what the customer wants, just not some of it. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to go to the Capras or or these well, Cabin Fever, where you where you could go in there and you can buy a gun, ammunition, and these guys are it's a it's a family owned run deal, and they're really good people in them places. You know what? Instead of going to them big stores, go go see these 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 small guys. They're going to give you the time. They're going to, and these guys know what they're talking about because they they've been selling guns for a long time. And and you go there and see them people and give them the business. Forget these big stores. If they don't want to sell ammunition, they don't want to sell this. Don't go there. Definitely. As far as hunting goes, this is kind of bad news for pheasant hunters. Now, I, areas I've been in that in the past didn't seem to have a whole lot. Uh, have been doing pretty well, it seems like, in the past few years. But the pheasant side count uh, that the DNR does every year sounds like things are, are going down in a lot of areas. And, of course, we kind of had a long, wet spring, and it was snowing in April, snowstorms and blizzards and everything else, which obviously probably didn't help too much. But, you know, it sounds like kind of southwest, southeast is going to be okay, but the rest of the state kind of sounds like pheasant numbers are down quite a bit. Well, I'll tell you what, we were out cruising around here this morning, like I said, and up for the last few days, I guess, we were up north doing this, doing that, running around, and I'll tell you what, I see lots of, lots of turkeys, a lot of little turkeys, lots of roosters, lots of hens around, around the area around here, around the Gilman, uh, Bolas, Holding Fort area, up uh, by Odami, I see a lot. I, we, I think we got a pretty good bunch of pheasants around here. I mean, we did get some, some weather in the spring, like you said, rain and stuff, but yeah, we're we're I think around our area we we're doing pretty good and that seems like every year around here, you know, we got a million turkeys around here. We should have we should be able to shoot four or five of them as far as I'm concerned. But pheasants, we got we got lots of pheasants around here. Well that's good to hear. Yeah, I know in my home area it seems like things are picking up as well and I see, you know, a few here and there uh, driving the roads back and forth. So I think it's it's in certain areas definitely gotten better, but from the sounds of it a lot of areas are, are kind of hurting as well, so we'll see how that goes for the upcoming uh, pheasant uh, opener coming up here shortly, and that will be uh, coming up here on October 12th. And we got to talk a little bit about deer hunting, Kudak. I don't know what we're going to do this year as far as as far as not. I don't think we're going to be going to the to the deer opener festivities, so we might have to have our own party somewhere else this year. Well, you know what? I'm thinking we get we get some people that uh, listen to our show, and they got a deer camp that they got going. Uh, you know what? Let's go up and see if you know, whoever whoever calls in and, and wants us to come up and do a little free radio at their deer camp. You know, 
hit, hit the webpage, give us a call, send us a message, and you know what? Let's go do something off the wall. Let's go have some fun with some guys that hunt their own. You might be asking for trouble there, buddy. I don't know. We'll see if anybody wants to invite us. We'll eat their old deer sticks from last year and drink all their, their beer. Why not? We got to go, buddy. That's legendary guide and freshwater fish and Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion Stan Poggle. The Beer Cast coming up next.